Hello, I'm Tony Collins and this is the Rugby Reloading Podcast. Most people know what happened at the George Hotel in Huddersfield on the 29th of August 1895. There, 21 of Britain's leading rugby clubs met to resign from the Rugby Football Union and formed the Northern Rugby Football Union, legalising broken time payments to players and marking the start of what we today know as Rugby League. But what is not so well known is how popular the split was amongst players and fans, or how deeply the split affected rugby across the north of England. The 1895 split opened up a period of turmoil that caused passionate debate and enmities that would last a century and more. No one can doubt that the formation of the Northern Union had overwhelming support from players and supporters alike. Bradford players threatened to strike if the club did not support the new Northern Union, and supporters organised petitions in the pubs of Bradford calling for the club to back the split. The club's international three-quarter, Tommy Dobson, said, All Yorkshire owes a debt of gratitude to the senior clubs for speaking out so plainly in favour of what should be the leading element in sport. In favour of what should be the leading element in sport. Truth. Just six non-playing members resigned from Bradford in support of the RFU's opposition to broken time payments. At Leeds, a special general meeting was held at Headingley, which voted decisively to support the splitters, resulting in only two resignations from the club. Newspapers reported that players in Huddersfield naturally championed the Northern Union and a very large section of spectators of matches take the same side. At Broughton Rangers, the motion to join the Northern Union was moved by the club captain and carried unanimously. Honslet, St Helens, Manningham, Hull and Lee were similarly united. Although they had attended the meeting at the George Hotel, Dewsbury did not join the Northern Union and stayed loyal to the RFU. It was not a popular decision amongst players and fans. A local journalist reported that there hasn't been a single supporter of the club who wouldn't say, let us have the Northern Union and the sooner the better. The popularity of the Northern Union was also demonstrated at a special meeting in September of the Holland District Rugby Football Union, which voted 33-24 to to resign from the RFU and join the Northern Union, even though the Northern Union had no mechanism for district bodies or junior clubs to affiliate to it. The summer of 1896 saw Lancashire's two remaining big clubs join the Northern Union. Both Salford and Swinton had initially refused to split from the RFU due to personal antagonisms in Lancashire rugby and organisational jealousies. But in April 1896, Salford held a special meeting to discuss joining the Northern Union. Only three people opposed a switch. Rochdale St Clement, Radcliffe, Werneth, Morecambe and many others at the lower levels of Lancashire rugby followed suit that summer. Most of Warrington's local clubs went over at the same time, as did around the 50 clubs that made up the Oldham Junior Rugby League. At the same time in Yorkshire, most of the clubs who played in the first division of Yorkshire Rugby Union's leagues decamped to the Northern Union. Leeds Paris Church, that season's Rugby Union champions, recorded only five votes against their switch to the Northern Union. The following year, in June 1897, that year's Yorkshire Cup and League double champions, Hull KR, went over and the following summer most of what remained of the first and second divisions of Yorkshire Rugby Union resigned en bloc to form a new second division of the Yorkshire Northern Union. By June 1897 there wasn't a single rugby union club left in the Halifax district, which was described by a Sowerby Bridge rugby union supporter as being a hotbed of Northern Union bigotry. At the start of the following season, the Yorkshire Post reported that in Leeds, rugby union football is practically non-existent. The Bradford and Huddersfield District Rugby Unions also voted to disaffiliate from the Yorkshire Rugby Union and affiliate to the Northern Union. 
1899, Hebden Bridge, Osset, Kirksell and Alverthorpe flew the rugby union nest and in the summer of 1900, Keithley, Otley and Bingley decided that the interest has gone out of rugby union and joined the Northern Union. So, at its opening round in 1901, Rugby Union's Yorkshire Cup, once one of the biggest sporting contests anywhere in Britain, which had once attracted bigger crowds than the FA Cup final, and at its height had 132 clubs playing in its preliminary rounds, could only muster 11 clubs. It is also worth noting that two of Yorkshire's most important Rugby Union clubs, Morley and Otley, owe their origins to the aftermath of the split of 1895. The original Morley Club joined the Northern Union in May 1987 when a majority voted to leave the RFU. Two months later, however, supporters of the RFU formed a new club, Morley English Rugby Football Club, in order to distinguish themselves from Morley Northern Union Rugby Football Club, to which the present Rugby Union Club owes its origins. And the original Otley Rugby Club left the RFU in 1900, joined the Northern Union and played rugby league for six seasons before disbanding due to financial problems. The current Otley Club was founded as a rugby union club only in 1907. Up in the northwest, Barrow, the region's leading club, voted unanimously to join the Northern Union in April 1897. Overston, who faced a petition raised by their fans, Millam and the rest of the clubs followed them in July. By the summer of 1897, the Lancashire Rugby Union had only 13 clubs, focused on the traditional ex-public schoolboy sides. The loss of the North West Lancashire clubs had a knock-on effect on Cumberland and Westmoreland clubs, and at the start of the 1898-99 season, Athletic News commented that rugby union Cumberland had been reduced to an almost vanishing quality. By January 1899, there was not a single rugby union club left in West Cumberland. The near-death experience of rugby union in the North was not simply due to the Northern Union. It also owed something to the behaviour of the RFU. Immediately after the split, the RFU declared that playing for or against a Northern Union team was an act of professionalism, punishable by a life ban from rugby union. This immediately posed problems at a local level. So, for example, Beverley were left with virtually no fixes after the clubs in the Holland District Rugby Union voted to join the Northern Union. When they played matches with Northern Union supporting clubs, the Yorkshire Rugby Union expelled them. But it wasn't just clubs that were threatened. Any player who had any contact with the Northern Union was also thrown out of rugby union. In February 1896, a white player was banned for life for travelling with Brickhouse Rangers to a match at Lee, despite not even playing in the game. Elland had two players banned because one of their players had earlier played for a rugby union side against a rugby union team which contained a Northern Union player. Most bizarrely of all, in January 1898, Gould Rugby Union Club were ordered not to play a charity rugby match against a touring Little Red Riding Hood pantomime troupe because it was deemed to be an act of professionalism. Earlier on its pantomime tour, the troupe had played in a charity match with Batley Northern Union Club. It was only after 1900 that rugby union in the north of England slowly began to rebuild itself. The Yorkshire Rugby Union led the way, encouraging new clubs to be formed by the class of players who hitherto have been elbowed out in the evolution of professionalism. Clubs began to be formed by ex-public and grammar school boys. Old Jewsburyans were formed by some of the better class Jewsbury and Batley residents. Hull and East Riding Club was set up by the Sons of Hull and District's leading citizens and Wakefield RFC was founded by grammar school old boys and others. In Lancashire, the Furness, Oldham, Lee and Vale of Loon rugby union clubs were formed in a similar fashion. 
By 1907, it was estimated that over 180 of those currently playing rugby union in Yorkshire were former public schoolboys, which, considering that at that time, Yorkshire Rugby Union barely had 20 clubs in membership, accounted for somewhere around half the players in the county. So the traditional idea that the split in 1895 was a breakaway from rugby union underestimates the sheer scale of what occurred in that year. The entire heart and soul of rugby in the north went over to the Northern Union. Its senior clubs were the strongest in England and its junior sides, known today as community clubs, were at the core of rugby's local appeal right across the north. The rugby tradition that had been created in the north since the Yorkshire Cup was first played for in 1887 and which had seen rugby become the dominant sport in Yorkshire, Cumbria and large parts of Lancashire was continued by the Northern Union. It was rugby union that had to recreate a new tradition of its own. If the meeting at the George Hotel in 1895 signalled the birth of rugby league, the aftermath of the split showed that it was the Northern Union that carried on the historic traditions that had made rugby not merely a mass spectator sport, but also a game that had deep cultural resonance amongst the people of the industrial north of England. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Rugby Reloaded podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is at Collins Tony, and if you want to dig a bit deeper into the history of rugby and the other football codes, take a look at the Rugby Reloaded website at www.rugbyreloaded.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.